in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Top It. Thunder. Here from the Top Ten Show, I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. Um, this is a show that we do for our patrons. They send in questions over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And we answer whatever they send in, um, whether it's about movies, TV, pop culture, sports, whatever. We talk about it. Um, I'm ready. What about you? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into it. And, and you can do so. Uh, send any questions at the $5 and above level. You get to send in questions. Or if you're new patron, this is the kind of content you get to be involved in and be interactive with us on. So, all right. Yeah, you got it. What are we doing? Um, all right. So we are starting off with uh, Phil Knuckles. Phil Knuckles. And he says, hey, Matt and John, hope you guys are enjoying the NBA playoffs and the NFL is back. All right. This was from a month ago. <laughs> okay. My question is about individual player celebrations. I've always enjoyed them uh, and often copy Mellow's three to the head celebration. I don't know why there was a comma there. Okay. Um, which ones are your favorites? Cheers from England. Phil bathtub guy knuckles. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, now uh, we can put a name to it. Well, all right. You're up first. Who do you, who do you love on celebrations? It's tough because, I mean, there are so many different ones uh, from so many different people. Sorry, looking at the wrong camera. So many different people. It's tough to kind of pick them out. But I mm -hmm. think uh, I always enjoyed Randy Moss's, even though they were a bit too far sometimes or a bit crazy. I appreciate his ingenuity with some of his okay. celebrations. I thought it was fun him pulling down the his pseudo pants. I thought that was uh, kind of it's a bit crazy, but I like I, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, for sure, but I like the celebrations as long as you're inventive. I like your celebrations. It was the one the the New Orleans Saints player that had the cell phone under the cushion of the goalpost and picked yeah. it and simulated like he was making a call. That was badass. So I enjoyed that. What about uh, you? Wasn't that an homage to Ocho Cinco? Right. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, also was, was great with his celebrations. Yeah. yeah, I I actually do the Antoine Walker shimmy after a three. <laughs> I do that all the time when I'm just like making fun of being cocky. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. The icky shuffle was the big one when we were. A kid. Oh yeah, that's right. The icky shuffle. Yeah. I remember Love I used to do one. the icky shuffle every once and again. Let's see. Sam Cassell's big balls. I like yeah. that. Uh, yep. Dame time. I, I feel like I should hate, but I really like that. Okay. Where he just points to his wrist mm -hmm. um, or slaps on his wrist. I hated the D'Angelo uh, Russell ice water in the veins when he was a rook oh, for yeah, the Lakers. Right. Yeah, the worst. If you can't, I mean, you just got to the league for God's sakes. I mean, to be coming up with a celebration, earn it exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Dame's because Dame earned Dame time. Right, right. Uh, and other guys were first. just like in the moment trying, like you know, feeling themselves. Yeah, uh, Char I mean, Michael never had a celebration. No, uh, huge fist pump. That'd be about yeah. it. Charles never had a celebration. He only did his own thing. Sorry, trying to find the right angle. He only he did his own thing. So it's like uh, I think the great ones don't need celebrations. It's the 
slightly lesser ones, not not necessarily, you know, uh, cast aspersions on their talent, but it's slightly lesser ones that need to have something to draw attention to themselves. Uh, and they do so, you know. Well, I, I think it, it's also kind of player dependent, like the Matumbo finger wag. Yeah, that was That's fun. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And he's right. just, no, no, no. And he just blocks her. Uh, the most gratuitous one you ever seen. The I can't remember who it is, but Kemp playing at the old key arena and he dunks mm. on somebody. And when he lands, he lands in a crouch and he points at him and then does this bad <laughs> double finger point because it was a hellacious dunk. Yeah. Uh, Kemp wasn't much of a, like a huge celebrator. Yeah. Um, in soccer, uh, I'm a massive fan of what Suarez does. Luis Suarez, when he scores, he kisses his wrist for his kids. That's his, cause he's got the, uh, uh, tattoos there for his kids. So he kisses his kids and does that, uh, thing, uh, when he celebrates. I really enjoy that. I don't know if Messi does anything when he celebrates necessarily. Uh, one of the best yeah. ones I saw was, uh, Sala for Liverpool when he scored a great goal against Chelsea. I think last year he ran to in front of the uh, fans and did the tree yoga pose, which I thought was brilliant to do that as a way of kind of saying he's in a Zen mode when he's scoring like that. So I, I like that. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I do not in the slightest mind when a batter crushes a ball. Oh, and they yeah. just kind of mosey for a few paces. Like we should all acknowledge that's a bomb. Right. And he deserves this strut. So go right ahead, sir. Uh, the if, unwritten rules of baseball are the fucking worst. I hate when pitchers get upset about that. It's like, nah, look, I get it because you just got your ball crushed over the. But this is the game, right? This if it'd be like yeah. a batter going, I don't want you to celebrate when you strike me out. Don't you dare do the fist pump or scream. That's offensive to me. So if a pitcher gets mad at someone hitting a home run, slowly trotting towards first base initially yeah. before he takes off on the jog or the run. Uh, I think it's, I think it's crybaby shit. It's it crybaby is. shit. Yeah. It is. I mean, if they have a history, sure. Yeah. If there's right. something leading up to it, like that's understandable that you would be upset, but if it's just, you don't like it because you feel like shit. Well, unfortunately that's part of the game. Yeah. This is the game. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Think about it like this. You fool hitters with balls and strikes, all the pitches you throw that they couldn't swing at, and if they did, they would miss. And more often than not, you're winning this battle. Yeah. So when someone so effectively destroys the ball, you got to give it up to them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You just have to. Agreed. Uh, um, all right. Uh, good question there from uh, Phil Knuckles. Um, should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this one's from Tim Williams. I'm having trouble hearing myself. Uh, Tim, uh, there we go. Tim Williams says, hi, Matt and John. Hope you guys are doing well. If you had a cast for the last Tarantino movie, but you could use actors that have already been in his movies, who would you pick? Ooh, this is extensive. Here are the rules. I'll give you six groups. You must pick one from each group. Uh, also, once you have actors, go ahead and pick a specific genre and era. For example, 80s mob gangster movie. Samuel L. Jackson is already in the movie. Also pick one actor, male and female. Who has been in a Tarantino? Maybe Will Smith, Charlize Theron. Oh, this is pretty extensive from Tim Timothy R. Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, Matt, you want to do this on the fly? Yeah, I mean, we can go through the groups and maybe afterwards okay. uh, start cherry picking. Sounds like, good. Oh, you know, it'd be good as this person. So, all right, Sam Jackson is in it. Right. Uh, group one is Harvey Keitel, Michael Madsen, and Tim Roth. Group two is Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, and Brad Pitt. Group three is Pam Greer, Michael Keaton, Michael Fassbender. 
Group four is Bruce Willis, not phoning it in. Uma Thurman, John Travolta. Group five, Christoph Waltz, Jamie Foxx, Kurt Russell. And group six, all to their own, is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And remember, De Niro has been in a Tarantino movie in Jackie Brown. So uh, interesting. All right. Well, what do you got? Well, it's like some of these groupings, I understand that they seem fair. Right. And others are just like, all right, you're just going by, I guess, movie from movie to movie, just picking three from each, except for what, group five Uh, and group six. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in group one, it's Keitel, Madsen, Roth. I take Keitel, although Roth is a close second. I know Madsen is a staple of his, but I think you could do more interesting stuff with Keitel and Roth. Yeah. What about you? Who do you take? For group one? Yeah. To construct what I'm doing, uh, I'll take Tim Roth. I like the idea of Tim Roth kind of bringing him back. This is, it's been a while since we've seen him in anything. So if there's anything Tarantino does well is resuscitate people's careers. So let's bring back Tim Roth. Okay. Um, all right. I got Kaitel. You got Roth. Group two, DiCaprio, Robbie, Pitt. I'll take Pitt. What about you? Oh, man. <laughs> it's tough. Real, this is real stress for you, man. Well, it's just I, – I, this is the most unfair grouping to me. Oh, wow. Because well, all three heavy hitters. It, yeah, and, and I'd like to see two or three of them potentially in. Uh, I'll take DiCaprio. All right, so I got okay. Keitel, DiCaprio. You got Roth and Brad Pitt. Yep. Group okay. three is Pam Greer, Michael Keaton, Michael Fassbender. Mm. I know mine. All right. Oh, well, I picked uh, first last time. You picked first this time. Uh, I will take Michael Keaton. Okay. All right. Um, I will happily slide in and take Michael Fassbender. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with this. Uh, all right, group four, Bruce Willis, not phone again. Uma Thurman, John Travolta. I'll take Uma uh, to be part of mine. Yeah, I think I take Uma on that one as well. Okay. All right. All right. Group five is Christoph Waltz, Jamie Foxx, Kurt Russell. Ooh, tough choices. Tough yeah. choices. Yeah. Tough choices. Mm. Uh, I'll have to go with Kurt Russell. Oh, I'm sorry. You pick first, right? Uh, uh, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, I think I'm the same with yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah. I have my character actor in Tim Roth. If I throw in Tim Roth and Christoph Waltz, I feel like I'm diluting the streams a little bit or crossing the streams a little bit. So I'd rather have uh, Kurt Russell because he brings a kind of, I don't know, bravado that I like to see in a, in a Tarantino movie. And I sure. loved him in death proof. Um, all right. And group six is Pacino De Niro. I think I take De Niro. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, shit. I forgot. No, Pacino was in it. He was in uh once upon yeah. time in Hollywood. So my yeah. bad. Um, well, it'd just be fun. I'll have Pacino in that as well. I'll take Pacino. All right. So my cast then is Kaitel. DiCaprio, no. Keaton, Uma Thurman, Kurt Russell, and Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. Mine is Tim Roth, Brad Pitt, uh, Michael Fassbender, Uma, Kurt Russell, and Pacino. I think that's right. Well, okay, um, so what type of genre movie do you want to do? I would do uh, a 50s gangster movie. I think Tim wow. Roth, Brad Pitt, Fassbender, yeah, I think absolutely. You could even do Murder Incorporated, to be honest with you. 
if you could mess around and turn turn Tim Roth mm-hmm. into Lansky, Brad Pitt maybe is uh, Bugsy, Fastbender is Lu- or uh, yeah, Fastbender could be Lucky Luciano, uh, and then you have uh, Uma being you know uh, one of the ladies involved in the situation. Uh, Kurt Russell is one of the rival gangsters maybe, and then Pacino is like the big cheese. Pacino could be Ace Rothstein in this whole situation. So uh, well, that, um, is that Rothstein work? dies before Murder Inc. Okay, so maybe and it shit. sounds like you want right. to do the commission, and Murder Inc. might be a part of it. Yeah, there we go. The commission and Murder Inc.'s a part of it. That sounds good to me. Yeah, or whatever the fuck they were called, but the the five families yeah, all yeah. had seats at the table. But you got right. Luciano, although Bugsy is his, you know, right hand man killer. So maybe Bugsy's gone to Vegas by this point, hasn't he? Isn't he trying to construct Vegas at this point? So maybe Uma is the Virginia Hill of the situation. <sighs> Could right? be. I can't. I can't remember the timeline. If you want to keep Murder Inc. in there, yeah, from when they operated to when they got caught. Let's see here, but I think it was like I want to say twenty years. Okay, something along those lines. So you might be able to get to Vegas by then. It's in the 1930s and 1940s as the enforcement arm of the Italian American mafia, Jewish mob. Murder organized crime groups in New York City and elsewhere. Right, right. Jewish American gangsters, Italian American gangsters. It's honestly, it's okay. so devilishly smart. <laughs> what they did? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a hit squad that they can send anywhere. And the thing is, most murders happen by someone you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's just a cold trail on every one of these murders because they're just farmed out mercenaries. And it was three, four guys. Yeah. Were the primary body of it. Um, yep. Just crazy to think yeah. about. The commission was formed by Lucky Luciano, so may, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe Brad Pitt is Lucky Luciano because I could see him forming a commission more than Fastbender. So maybe Fastbender's the Bugsy, kind of off kilter, kind of crazy. I don't know. Could be interesting. Okay. Although neither looks Italian. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, well, I can get away with that with DiCaprio. Be like, well, there's your lucky Luciano. You could. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. And then I don't have any other Italians. So that, <laughs> well, De Niro, but De Niro's going to be older and there were no old oh, yeah. left. They took out all the big bosses to form this fucking commission. He's like uh, the Anthony Quinn character in Mobsters. He's like, that's who De Niro would play. Yeah, I just don't know, know who that, that would be in that world. It's a great idea, though. I would love right. to see that movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm tra- Yeah, I was racking my brain to think of what genre that he hasn't really hit yet and it's yeah. kind of he hasn't done a period piece so i think it'd be kind of fun even though you could say once upon a time is kind of a period piece but it's the 70s so oh you could say inglorious bastards is a period oh uh, yeah i guess all right that's a fair point and hateful eight right right um, i see those as fantastical exploration they are at times so not necessarily period pieces but by the definition of that term it is a period piece so yeah i know but like what? So he's done war films. Yeah. So well, those are out. Keeps talking that Star Trek stuff. He thinks what sci-fi a, is going to be his last. He says, uh, yeah, I don't know. He keeps talking about <laughs> doing that Star Trek film as his 10th film. <laughs> he says, yeah. So I mean, that's an official quote. <laughs> With him. I don't know from day to day. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's done black exploitation. Yes. And he's done martial arts yes. and he's done. Uh, like a gangster film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's like, it's really tough on what he hasn't done. He's done Western a romantic comedy. He hasn't done. How do you do that with the cast that he likes? Like, how does Tarantino exist in a romantic comedy? Everybody has a 
snarky little one-liner and dropping in bombs? I maybe I don't know. PTA did Punch Drunk Love, which is a version of a romantic movie. Uh, okay. You know, so maybe there's a Tarantino romantic comedy or maybe I, okay. a love story. Maybe a love story, not necessarily a comedy, but maybe a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, after the punch drunk, that's a good example of yeah. somebody branching out to do it. It feels like very much theirs, yeah. but it's a different genre for them yeah. somewhat. Uh, yeah. I like that. I just can't think of another genre like an epic. Oh, maybe, maybe an epic would be interesting. Like, what do you mean? Like a like, historical epic, like a biblical epic or a historical epic? Either. I mean, the first thing that came to yeah. mind was Cleopatra, like doing something like that, just Ooh. to take this huge, grandiose project that was one of the most expensive in film history and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And it, it won a bunch of awards in it, but it was mixed reviews. I've never seen. I've seen, honestly, I've seen like 45 minutes and there's still, what, another two and a half hours? <laughs> Yeah, the, the Elizabeth Taylor one? Yeah. Yeah, it did well at the box office, but it almost sank that studio because they spent so much money making it. I think it won four Oscars. Um, but yeah, it was massive. And now there's rumors that um, they're doing it with... Uh, oh, I forget right now, right off the bat. Who they, oh, uh, with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. The Wonder Woman crew is reuniting, apparently, to do their version of Cleopatra, which... I don't know that the world is clamoring for another Cleopatra movie, but you never know. Maybe they can knock it Maybe. out of the ballpark and people love it. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd be in. Yeah. Um, Cause then you could bring in Caesar plus Mark Anthony. Yeah. True. Depending on how long it spans. True. Um, it could be very interesting. I'd yeah. be down for that. Yeah. Or maybe his take on Caesar. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. His take on Caesar. Sure. Um. Okay. Like who? Who historically? Who do you want him to see? Like do? Oh, maybe a Rome, a Roman film. Has he done a Roman film? That could be interesting. You, you know, we're no. both fans of Rome, so but that could be something. Those do so piss poor at the box office that nobody touches them. Mm. Gladiator yep. was what the last big one? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been some interesting ones, like a couple since then, but nothing yeah. huge. Right, right. Which is so strange. Hmm. Uh, just given its lore after 2,000 years and change, <laughs> it's still something we all know. It's like, yeah. this seems like a no-brainer, guys. Uh, yeah, or maybe like a big Greek do the Odyssey or something along those lines. Yeah, the Odyssey would be interesting. A Greek? Yeah, maybe. I mean, man, he's done a Western, like you said. He's done all these genres. Uh-huh. It's like what genre is left? I can't think of one where Maybe he's a plug su- and play. What about a superhero film? He hasn't done a superhero film. Well, I think what we're about to see with Suicide Squad is going to be as close to a Tarantino. Yeah, it just looks so wild and outlandish from the stills. Yeah, true, 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 true. With eccentric yeah. characters just, you know, populated everywhere. Yep. Yep. That could be something. What about a sports movie? Has he done a sports movie? He's never done a sports movie. Tarantino would be interested mm-hmm. in a sports movie. Maybe like the Raiders. Maybe you have the Raiders winning the Super Bowl when they beat the Redskins. You got a Latino coach. You got Marcus Allen. 
You got Al Davis and the controversy of Al Davis. Nobody expected them to get into the Super Bowl, let alone win the thing against one of the biggest juggernauts offensively yeah. that the, the the NFL had ever seen in that in that eighty two Redskins team. Maybe that's the story he tells from his point of view, or even the John Madden years, a way more colorful character to play with, uh, way more bombastic. That could be something they could have a lot of fun with. Tarantino could have a lot of fun with, I think. Unique characters what? on the Raiders. Matuzak. True. How's that know? If it's a Tarantino, you need death. You need murder. You need blood. <laughs> you do. It's just a staple of his, this over-the-top gore. So, and All the, right. And to, well, to me, I'm not saying it's mandatory, but to me, no, no, like, no. that's a staple of... I mean, so much so that Kill Bill had to go black and white in that one scene because the right. blood was so gratuitous. Right. Uh, so mm. what about doing a movie version of like the two Escobars? Yeah, that could be fun. I love you, that idea. You'd still have the cartel side, people yep. dying, every, the cursing that you need. And right. then you have this parallel story of the Colombian national team and the World Cup and all that jazz. I like it. That could work. You, you could do the Paul Pierce story, have him stabbed. I mean, that, <laughs> that works for you. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it follows. Great. It ends with Paul Pierce shitting his pants in uh, <laughs> the finals, and having to be taken out, and then uh, comes miraculously back after he shit his pants on the wheelchair. Uh huh. Just, just ridiculous. <laughs> Still though, I can't talk shit. He did get stabbed like twenty one times. He did. He did, bro. He did. and didn't miss a game. Nope. Nope. So you know. I have all the respect in the world for anybody that can do that. I don't care if it was a fucking nail file, like yeah. at the end of a, a nail clipper, that, that small. 21 times is still going to be painful as shit. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, um, all right. Well, I think that was a good uh, attempt at that one. Should we move on to our next question before we wrap up here? Yeah, let's do one more. All right, go ahead, man. Uh, this is from Dominic Greaves, and he yeah. says... Hi, John and Matt. Hope you are well. Let's imagine a Hollywood mogul gives you permission to reinvent or reboot or reintroduce any existing IP or franchise for a cinema release. What do you pick and in what creative direction do you go? Feeling generous, the mogul also offers you the opportunity to take a a specific cinematic IP or franchise and turn it around or pardon me, turn it into a Netflix or HBO show. Again, what's the pick and in what direction do you go? Hmm. Look, uh, looking forward to hearing your responses. Take care, Dom from England. Hey, Dom from England. Mm-hmm. How are you? Um, hmm. How gives you permission to reinvent or reboot or reintroduce any existing IP or franchise? <sighs> Shit, that's tough. Yeah, because I liked. I mean, I'm not going to reboot Marvel. They're killing it. DC seems like they've turned a corner for the most part. Uh-huh. Star Trek already had their reboot uh, in 2009. Mm. Mm. I don't know. What about, what about uh, Alien? Oh, good call, man. Good like, call. Completely reboot. No Sigourney Weaver. No Ridley Scott. Yeah. Completely your own take on this thing. That's actually a great idea. And you can still... You know, have a f- strong female lead. Sigourney killed it. You can easily find someone as if that's a bone of contention. Like, I have zero problem with that. Like, the, right. some of the structure staying in place. Right. Because it only makes sense, especially with the first one. Oh, it's a small crew. They go out. They stumble upon. But it gets rid of Prometheus. 
Yeah. And it gets rid of, you know, Aliens 3 and Aliens 4. And, yeah. Uh, although I like Aliens 3. And, yeah. Yeah. The Fincher one. Yeah. Yeah. And Prometheus has a, a couple moments here and there that I like. Yeah. Uh, what was the follow up to that? Oh, um, Covenant. Alien that. Covenant. Yeah. That was terrible. It was terrible. And because the, tra- the trailer made it look great. And then you went in there and you're like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. It was not good. Hmm. But yeah, you could easily start over. It's a story that I mean, it's a thriller horror story in space. Yeah, yeah, that's a great suggestion. Uh, let's see, reinvent, reboot, reintroduce. What? What else? Is Jason Bourne a possibility at this point? After the bad, disappointing one where they came back. I don't know. You got three good ones. You do. You do. You do. And you get the yeah, you have the renter and then the the born. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think Predator is my reinvention because and that seems like an easy choice because I mean mm. it's a it was never supposed to, it's a B movie. It was never supposed to be Toe the line, baby. I, I, I'm just saying it's never supposed to be an A-list movie. So for me, it doesn't need to be rebooted or it's okay. it's a really simple premise. An alien lands attacks or tries to hunt down Ameri- uh I'm sorry, soldiers. <laughs> And they fight back and win. It's a really simple premise. Well, it's all um, of these premises are really simple. Alien is a xenomorph. I don't agree with you. A xenomorph can destroy us if it gets out amongst our population. Well, now wait a minute. There's way more stuff going on in Alien. Ultimately, than that's what it boils down to. Right, sure. But you can say that about anything. I'm saying there's not much more depth than that. Whereas yeah, but with Alien, there is more depth. You could add depth to Predator. Bullshit. Bullshit! You could add depth to Predator. Where you flat out good alien? Is it the double bicep shot? Where's the depth in Predator? No, no. no. Take take the alien premise. They're a, a, a science vessel, uh huh, and crash land on basically, and it turns into predators, uh huh, and they're being hunted the whole well, that's time. Predators. That's a separate movie. Yeah, I know about Predator. There's no depth I, in Predator. I realize, but you could take it instead of they got captured on Earth and parachuted there. Oh, you're saying you want to change it around. I'm you saying could you could. You can reinvent yeah. it. The premise oh, could still that's work. Fair. That's actually fair. I thought you meant the actual movie. Yeah, that's no, fair. No, no. You could turn it around and add more depth to it. That's for sure. You know? Yeah. Like Most Dangerous Game, play with it a little bit more like that. Ooh, Most oh. Dangerous Game would be a good one. Right? I like a Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. Um, shit, man. I had one and I lost it. I had a reboot in my head and I lost it. What about the second part of the question? Oh, okay. Uh, cinematic, if you uh, turn it into a Netflix or HBO show, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is one of my favorite uh, Alan Moore graphic novels, and the okay. movie is horrible. But I think that could be fun. I know we had Penny Dreadful. And that's kind of you know having those characters from the these novels come to life or whatever. But having a, a an HBO or, or Netflix series about that uh, would be a lot of fun because I think we're losing – Matt, I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like we're losing touch with the past. I think people are so obsessed with the future mm-hmm. that they're losing touch with the past. I, you know, you bring up World War – people still need to have the Holocaust explained to them or World War One explained to them or other these other things. People of age – I don't mean like kids. I mean people of age – don't know that much about this stuff. And you talk about characters from classic novels. Mm-hmm. So many classic novels get dismissed as, oh, that's white people stuff or rich white people stuff, or, you know, I can't relate to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, there's universal themes and 
and stories being explored in a lot of these novels and a lot of these classic novels. Uh, and okay. so dismissing them, I think you're losing the power of these characters. And certainly with uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you get Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the Invisible Man, Mina Harker, mm-hmm. so many great characters, Alan Quartermain, so many great characters from classic literature that it could be fun to reintroduce that in an eight to 10 episode series and give sure. them adventures and get people back into these novels. I don't know. It's my thoughts. Um, well, I mean, I said in the past with all the, the Star Wars stuff, I'd love to see a Darth Vader series. Yeah. Oh, that's a great choice, bro. Darth Vader series. Would be awesome. um, Especially with that comic book series that's going mm-hmm. on, exploring more depth of Vader's story. Uh, yeah. I, I read a couple of years ago, my nephew came out here and basically I just took him around LA for a week and we went mm-hmm. to as many comic shops as I could find because he was yeah. hardcore into comics at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I picked up a Darth Vader one. That's where the idea came. I was like, God, this should be. And he was just hunting a single Jedi where he got a ping on some remote planet yeah. and he was flying to that planet to kill the Jedi. And I was like, how is this not a show? <laughs> I would watch the living shit out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have to have the stakes of he's out going up against Obi-Wan every time. Right. Like you right. would in a movie. Um, so TV show, just like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a seek and destroy right mercenary killer for the uh, the empire and the right. emperor specifically it's like this is this would be so much fun trying to establish himself mm-hmm. in palpatine's eyes even more yeah and yeah dealing with the fallout of of your wife your secret wife is dead and yeah. the turmoil there and you lost your best friend and everything you knew and did you make the right decision like the angst of all of that yeah agreed uh whether or not you could show, I guess, I don't know if you could show Vader really going through all that much of it. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I know what I would reboot film-wise. Young Guns. I would reboot that completely. Start over from scratch. Have all those characters in there that okay. you had before and do better movies. I like the first one. Second one, not so much. Uh, and do better movies and explore that more. The idea of Billy the Kid and this crew of his and what they got involved in, exploring the West a little bit more, even have topical stuff that relates to what's going on in our world. You know, this youth versus the old, this idea of the changing face of the West. I think that could be a very interesting thing to explore. And the idea that whether he faked his own death or not, that could be fun as a season two cliffhanger or whatever. Yeah. So I think those, I think that's what I would reboot is, is Young Guns. I think it's it's ripe. For people still love westerns, damn it, damn yeah. it, it's a good call. Yeah, I would watch that. There we go. Um, um, okay, we're at 30 minutes, man. Any, any, do you have one for uh, do, you, do you have anything else to add to that one? No, I think we're good there. Well, I mean, we gave okay. we spent a lot of time on this one, so yeah, we did. Um, all right, well, thanks everybody for watching this episode of Topic Thunder. I always appreciate you all downloading this or listening to it on the podcast stream, it means a lot to us here on the top 10. Uh, if you want to be part of uh, the Patreon and send in your topics or questions for us to talk about, you can do so if you're watching us right above my head there, patreon.com slash the top 10, the number 10 there, or if you're mm-hmm. listening to us on the podcast feed. That's the address. Uh, go and take a look at all the different ways that you can be a part of the outlaw of the sorry of the top ten. Sorry, about you that. son of a bitch. I know, I know, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, you can be part of the top ten. We need you, especially nowadays. We need you more than ever. We're pumping out all this content every week to keep you entertained. 
please give back by becoming a part of the Patreon. Uh, at whatever level that you can donate on every month, it's a, it's a great to have you aboard, and it's always nice to have our numbers grow in that way, Matt. Damn straight. Everything you just said, you can uh, follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. That's you can follow me at the Roka says, uh, and that's it for this episode of Topic Thunder. Ooh.